welcome to Off Screen Let's Get Cinematic in Your Living Room. I'm Van Connor. And I'm Bex Perfect, and this is Off Screen, your seven-day guide to everything movies. Boom. So, Miss Perfect, how's how's the boom going in your house? Are you getting your cinematic fix? Do you know what? I, I have taken a lot more to TV shows that are looking pretty cinematic. Mm. Have you heard of Hollywood on Netflix? I have heard about that, but I'll be really honest, I have something of a love-hate relationship with Ryan Murphy, which is strange because I'm a nip-tuck fanatic. Ah, well I was going to say I'm an American Horror Story fanatic, and to be honest, this is a great glimpse at Tinseltown in its golden age, and it's a stunning narrative, and also just looks beautiful. Everything that I fell in love with about movies, it's kind of portrayed within this series, so if you're after a thing about movies that isn't in a movie, then this is going to be the one for you, for my my recommendation at least. You know what I liked of Ryan Murphy's that has to do with movies? He did a series a couple of years ago called Feud, and it was about right. uh, 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 Joe Crawford and Bay Davis and their yes. rivalry on the set of... Uh, Wasn't it uh, Annette Bening? Yeah, there was two oh, amazing Lord. actresses that played them in it. I did see Susan a little bit Sarandon of and... Oh, I can't remember was her name. Was it Gina Davis? No. Jessica Lange. Jessica Lang, yes. Jessica Lang and I think Susan Sarandon. It was great. It was really yeah. great. I loved it. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Um, yeah, we're talking about stuff we can enjoy at home. So we'll start this week. Because obviously we can't talk theatrical anymore, but that doesn't mean we can't get new movies in your home. And uh, as you put, you brought this to me initially. We're getting a wave of films now that are coming to DVD in you know, a month's time, for instance. That are getting early releases on digital. So, you know, go on the iTunes store and buy them. Buy them on your Apple TV. Buy them on your Fire Stick. Buy them on your phone. If you want. You can own the film early on digital. We're getting a few of these this week, and they're not—they're not exactly small titles, are they? No, not at all. I mean, we've got some really big hitters. One of my favourite follow-ups um, that I saw recently uh, in the last few months. I remember you and I sat here in this screening front row of the balcony, absolutely giggling our backsides <laughs> off. Bad Boys for Life. Now, this could have gone one way or the other, to be honest. It could have been a real flop. Did you know, this is actually still one of the, the biggest hits of the year because, you know, there's not been many films released. So I think it's like still the biggest box office smash of the year. Do you know what? I, I'm not surprised. I mean, it would have been up there regardless, even if there had been a lot of movies out this year, because... To be honest, it was one of those films that had a little bit of everything. It had the nostalgic throwback with Martin Lawrence and Will Smith. It had the great action sequences. I mean, some of those driving sequences were incredible. Mm. And then oh, yeah. also it had the humour as well. It was super funny. I think it worked as well because, like you say, it was nostalgic. It had the classic bad boys formula, you know, the I'm getting too old for this. But it also had something of a generational sequel to it, like teaming them up with younger cops and yeah. the differing methods and things like that. And, of course, you know, it's all about the reunion. So it's all about uh, Will Smith as uh, Mike Lowry, Martin Lawrence as Marcus Burnett, you know, the original bad boys. They're back. This time, Mike Lowry is marked for death by a mysterious assailant. The two have to begrudgingly team up after Lawrence's retirement to, uh, well, take down the bad guys. So we're just going to do a knock and talk. What? Hey, look, all our lives we've been bad boys, all right? Now it's time to be good men. Who in the hell want to sing that song? Good man, good man, what you going to do? Well, maybe if you sing the song like you meant it, it'll catch on. No. Knock and talk. Yeah, knock, knock. Find your feet and get down. I need you on your knees with your hands behind your head right now. It's so good to see them back. And does Will Smith ever age? I mean, he looks incredible at this. 
<laughs> um, no, but I think Mark Lawrence makes up for that, to be fair. To be fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I quite like that. A little bit squidgy around the edges. Um, moving yeah. on, uh, one of the big films of December, actually, that came out was Little Women, a big awards contender as well, the Greta Gerwig film. I have to say, I was really skeptical about this one at cinematic release because I'm a huge fan of the Winona Ryder, Susan Saran, and Christian Bale. Um, of course you are. Yeah, I'll that try version and be of it. shocked. I, I know, I know. I can almost recite that whole movie word for word. So I was interested to see what Greta Gerwig was going to do with this. I know you're not the biggest fan. She's You feel she's a little bit overhyped as a director, and I kind of get that. Um, but I actually have to say, I really enjoyed the way they portrayed Little Women. I mean, um, I thought Saoirse Ronan was excellent as Joe Marsh in this. Not as good as Winona Ryder, but... Very, very good, nonetheless. Um, I thought Timothy Chalamet was great as well. All round, interesting take on it and definitely something that renewed the format of the, of the story. I believe we have some power over who we love. It isn't something that just happens to a person. I think the poets might disagree. Well, I'm not a poet. I'm just a woman. And as a woman, there's no way for me to make my own money. Not enough to earn a living or to support my family. And if I had my own money, which I don't, that money would belong to my husband the moment we got married. And if we had children, they would be his, not mine. They would be his property. So don't sit there and tell me that marriage isn't an economic proposition because it is. It may not be for you, but it most certainly is for me. And of course, Florence Pugh there, who for me, I think Florence Pugh stole the show for me. Didn't she got her Oscar nom for this, didn't she? She did. 100% she stole the show for her. And actually, I can't believe I just I just forgot to mention her in it because actually she was so brilliant. So many good people, though. You know, there's so many you can forget so easily. Well, there's a lot of March girls, you know, <laughs> to be honest. Um, <laughs> looked fresh. It looked... Um, you know, they had some really clever flashback sequences that worked really well. And overall, it was just something that I think gets you excited about the story again. So definitely worth a watch. Excellent. Well, we've also got something for the horror fans this week as well. Uh, we've got the release of The Wretched, a uh, new movie from Vertigo. That's going to be available on digital as well. Um, you know, a young boy takes on it and you're going through a, a familial divorce, goes and takes on a thousand-year-old witch who lives next door. This sounds like a lot of fun as well. But, you know, for me, I, I want something with some, some gristle. I want something with some political some clout. Uh, bombshell, for me, that's one worth going to. The story of the, uh, the, the sexual... Uh, sexual harassment scandals, sexual misconduct scandals at Fox News under Roger Ailes, starring the likes of Charlize Theron, Margot Robbie and Nicole Kidman. Uh, hell of a movie. They have a contractual right to monitor our communications. A hotline in this building is like a complaint box in occupied Paris. It's like we're telling women, go on, speak up for yourself, just know the entire network is with Roger. No one will believe you. They'll call you a liar. Oh, and as for your career, you want assignments and airtime? Go ahead. Call the paranoid man who decides your salary a pervert and do that on a anonymous hotline he controls. On a phone he has a contractual right to record. Jesus Christ, do you think women are idiots? It's like somebody stripped you naked and they want you to walk through this office just to prove it. I, I think a lot of people really enjoyed this. I was a little bit more um, uninfused about it. I think, I think that it was trying to do too much and it made the whole kind of plot quite messy overall. There were obviously three integral characters in there. I thought I thought Charlize Theron was absolutely incredible and unrecognisable in her role as well. Um, well but true, I yeah. just 
I just felt there were just too many narrative points to it that I was like, who, where am I going with this one? Am I following Margot Robbie's character? Am I following Nicole Kidman? Am I following Charlize Theron? And it's obviously, yeah, it all goes towards the same thing. Well, I mean, it's it's a poster with the faces of three women. I kind of expect that I'm going to hear three women's stories. No, I know, but... It's not just Margot Robbie and then there's Nicole Kidman and Charlize Theron flanking her. It's, it's the I did prominently feel... sized faces of three women. I did, however, feel that Nicole Kidman didn't get as much airtime as the other two in there. That's true. Yeah. Well, yeah, she's, actually, probably, she's probably more expensive to keep round every day. That's what yeah. it is. For me, though, basically, the big short was sexual misconduct. I, you know, it made me laugh. It made me cry. It made me feel very, very uncomfortable at times. Performances, though, great. Yeah, good performances, definitely, for sure. Um, another big film, a Pixar film that is out this week is Onward as well. There's a huge, huge love for Pixar with all of its back catalogue from Toy Story to Wally to Up. Mm. This one for me didn't quite hit the same iconic mark as the other ones, but nevertheless really enjoyable. Good voice work from Tom Holland and Chris Pratt and, you know, a, a simple story told really well about finding out whether or not there's still magic left in the world. Yeah, I mean, good fun. I had a lot of uh, I had a lot of laughs at the expense of this one. Again, I got a little misty-eyed at the end as well. And of course, yeah. All of these films are available on digital from uh, today. You can buy them in on whatever movie digital movie store of your uh, of your choice. Uh, you can buy those from today, uh, May the eighth. But of course, you know there's other things out there for your digital uh, movie viewing requirements. Uh, there's Lionsgate Live, which is a, a new season that's taking place on the Lionsgate UK YouTube channel every Saturday at six pm. They're making a different film available to you for your viewing pleasure for free. They start this off last week with La La Land. Uh, this Saturday, six pm, you can go on their YouTube channel. You can watch Eddie the Eagle, which was was very fun. I thought as well. Yeah, I loved Eddie the Eagle. And of course, uh, next week as well, uh, you know, this is, this is just carrying on. So we've got the Hunger Games to come in the next few weeks. I think Bend It Like Beckham is next week. I say this is just for free on YouTube. So get your film, get some cinematic fun. And we're back and we're sticking with the small screen here. And this time it is for your viewing pleasure on Freeview. And we have your seven day guide to everything good on the movies. So we're going to kick off with your Saturday night fix. It's going to be We're the Millers on ITV2 at 9 p.m. I really, really enjoyed this movie. Um, I thought Jennifer Aniston was brilliant in it. Will Poulter, what a great, great oh, role yeah. in this as well. And it's just a really good, fun movie that's kind of unexpectedly played out in a way well that's the thing isn't it because it has that classic almost national lampoons level road trip element yeah. to it it's even got ed helms in it who would start in that <laughs> reboot but and you know i expected this to be a nuts and bolts boilerplate 100 minute long comedy i've seen the best bits in the trailer that'll be that you know um sat down watched it laughed my ass off a, couple, a few years ago <clears throat> this stars of course it's jason sudeikis jennifer aniston Emma Roberts and Will Poulter, and they are the fake family that form in order to drive an RV over the border with a bunch of drugs hidden inside. That's it, right? That's the one? That, that's it. Yeah, I mean, a very, very simple, nice to follow, <laughs> easy premise. Um, obviously very realistic, but do you know what? It's oh, a totally. hell of a ride. <laughs> it is a hell of a ride, and it's chock full of great character moments like this. No, I'm good, I got it right over here. Thanks. Thank you. Sorry. Honey, hi. Uh, you made it. Mm-hmm. Eat it. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Wow, you look really like a very Don't. Young. Just don't. All right. Okay. Hi, Mom. Jesus. Mm -hmm. And who's that? Uh, what, uh, that? That's your daughter. Casey. Hey. Mm-hmm. I want 30000 now. Why? 
Okay, have a safe life. No, okay. Fine. Fine. Bloodsucker. All right. Happy wife, happy life. Hi, kids. Happy life, happy wife, says Jennifer Addison. And do you know what? She gets that. Do you remember, do you remember the gratuitous uh, stripper scene that she has? I was going to mention it. You know, I mean, I, mm. I, I did think it was very gratuitous, but equally, I was like, if I look that good when I'm at Jennifer Aniston's age and can do that, I mean, fair play to her. <laughs> it's really strange, isn't it? Because it is a really gratuitous sequence, but there is, at the same time, there is this sort of narrative empowerment angle to it. You're like, huh, this really is a bit of a head-scratcher. Okay, there's so many great moments, though. There's Will Poulter getting a very specific injury in there that yes. I don't yes. to dwell on too much. There's the no regrets or regrets, was it, tattoo? You know, the kid has uh, no regrets. Yes. No regrets, yeah. Yeah, and of course, Nick Offerman turning up. It's just a really great movie. I had a load, a lot of laughs at this. Do you know what, as well, I just think if you've seen this a few years ago, it's definitely worth a rewatch. And it's it's on a decent time, ITV2, as we said before, 9pm on Saturday night. It's a really easy one to just sit back, relax with a few beers and just really enjoy. Oh, yeah. So that's ITV2, 9pm. Perfect. Kind of Saturday night, 9pm movie. Yeah, really. 100%. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give you a bit of an, an afternooner for Sunday, I think, over on Channel 5 at 5.05. I mean, I feel like they should have done it on the 5th. We've got Hellboy. It's, and it's not the rubbish recent one. It's the good first one by Guillermo del Toro. You know, the one with Ron Perlman, the one with Selma Blair, the one with Abe Sapien and Agent Myers and, and, and John Hurt uh, is, of course, the story of, uh, of, of Hellboy facing off against none other than a return from the grave or return from hell dimension, uh, Gregory Rasputin of all people, uh, which brings in Agent Myers to the team, sort of shows us the world, and of course, sends them off on this quest, during which they will face, you know, losses and wins, and ghouls and ghosts and goblins and creatures from other worlds. He gets fed six times a day. He's got a thing for cats. He'll be his nanny, his keeper, his best friend. He never goes out unsupervised. Who? Oh. I hate those comic books. They never get the eyes right. Hellboy. He's real. Yeah, 60 years old by our count. But uh, he doesn't age like we do. Think reverse dog years. He's barely out of his 20s. How good, are, how good is Ron Perlman in these movies? Yeah, Ron Perlman is great. I have to say, like, for me, I... I it's it's not on my it's, it's it's not on my traditional viewing set list should i say to go and watch hellboy but i appreciate it for what it is i mean guillermo del toro is just a master at what he does and so visually you know if you mm. kind of think this sort of comic book take is not really the thing that you enjoy watching i would definitely say still give it a watch it's there for the taking it's it's one to kind of completely immerse yourself in so and yeah it's a great performance from Ron Perlman it is I read a really interesting article recently about Hellboy 2 and because Hellboy 2 had opened in the summer of 2008 and it was said that do you know what if Hellboy 2 had opened a year later the comic book boom that sort of the, the the next wave of the comic book boom would have kicked in and Hellboy would have been caught up in that as part of that and it's mm. unfortunate timing that you know the summer that gave us the Dark Knight and Iron Man and also Hellboy the Golden Army that that didn't uh, propel Hellboy forward any further, which is a shame because I really love Hellboy 2 as well. I, I love the first one, I love the uh, the second one, perhaps even more. I'd argue the second one's even better. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, that is your Sunday afternoon sorted. So apparently the weather's going to change on Sunday anyway. So it's a perfect time to sit down and uh, just sit there in front of your TV screens and watch something very, <laughs> very dark and brooding. So there's your pathetic fallacy probably going in with it. Um, moving on to Monday, starting off your week. Now this one, again, it's one of those movies that I think does divide people uh, a little bit. It is mm. Drive on the Sony channel at 11.20pm. So it's a late one for you. Um, were you a fan of Drive? Uh, I was a fan of uh, of Drive. I just need to take a moment with Drive because every time I talk about Drive on radio, I uh, I have to give a shout out to my friend John Colson, who has never forgiven me for uh, not giving Drive a place in the top ten films of 2011 list, and he has uh, he's forever ridiculed me for this. Uh, so I feel bad. Um, hashtag Hannah. Hashtag I thought my dad. But uh, he'll get it. He'll get it. It's a whole <laughs> thing. But uh, no, Drive is a film. I love this because didn't they remix this a few years ago on like BBC Three or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they did. I yeah, that was the thing. Because it's all about the soundtrack. Now, it's worth noting we don't have a clip for Drive. Now, the reason we don't have a clip for Drive is because there's so little dialogue in the film, so little dialogue from Ryan Gosling as the lead character that it's kind of hard to sum up a clip of anything other than the music and the music gets killed for copyright. YouTube so I'm not going there you're absolutely right when you talk about it is it is the music because the argument for it is is that a lot of people kind of think it's just like it's like what Hannah did it's kind of a glorified music video in a way which yeah, I exactly, get yeah you know and you've got to love you're gonna love or hate that aren't you so it's 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 gonna work for a lot of people but for some people it's just one of those things that you just kind of go wasn't this supposed to be three minutes long? It's now two hours. For me, there is a wonderful balletic quality to drive mm. the way that it utilizes music. And I think it is easily the best film that Nicholas Winding Refn has ever crafted. I think it's the only time that his vision and his material have sort of lined up. He's had the right performer for it. Noticeably when he went on to do, uh, I think the it was Place Behind, Beyond the Pines. Yeah, and The Place Beyond oh, the Pines as well. As well. But every all of the follow-ups to this, I don't think was Place Me on the Pines Nicholas Winding Refn. Yes, I think it was. To my oh, knowledge, I have to check. That. I could be wrong. <laughs> but I know Only God Forgives was, and I found Only God Forgives an absolutely intolerable movie that was simply yeah. trying to replicate all the stuff that had worked in Drive. And Drive has so many great things working for it, like uh, Oscar Isaac and Kerry mm. Mulligan, that mm. soundtrack, that direction, uh, uh, you know. Uh, uh, Ron Perlman again imagine that's two days in a row for Ron Perlman just a great movie I thought yeah and I think what it does really well is it it teeters on that balance of self-indulgence but it doesn't go too overboard on that but you're right like Only God Forgives I think is an incredibly self-indulgent film and you kind of for that reason he just can't strike that same balance but there was a commercial element to it before uh, with um with drive that worked really well and that for me is what kind of made it more i suppose likable by wider generations of audiences so if you're unsure as to whether or not you you like it or not or you, you it's worth a rewatch just to double check that and just see it in a fresh light and it sold a boatload of scorpion jackets yeah it did it's very very cool And we're back for round two of your Freeview Movies on TV offerings. So, Miss Perfect, I think, you know, we've, we've, we've hit the ground running. We might as well take it to the skies for Tuesday. And on uh, Five Star at 11pm Tuesday night, 
I've got a Jodie Foster thriller in the air for you. It's none other than Robert Schrenke's Flight Plan from 2005. Have you seen this one? Uh, I haven't, but that's probably to do with the fact that I have a fear of flying. So I don't really <laughs> like watching movies that are about hijackings or plane crashes mm. or things like that, unless absolutely forced, which I have had to do before. <laughs> it's actually possible as well. If you'd said yes, it would have been equally likely that you hadn't seen it and you had actually seen the movie Red Eye, which came out around the same time. So it was Flight Plan and Red Eye. We're out. So one starred Silly Murphy, the other one starred Jodie Foster. Um, this one is Jodie Foster is on a flight with her daughter. They're flying back to the US. They're, her husband's died overseas. She's flying the body back. She falls asleep. She wakes up. Kid's gone. And then she discovers no one's heard of the kid. The kid never boarded the plane with her. What's going on? So she sets out with the aid of a US Marshal, played by uh, Peter Sarsgaard, to find out what's going on. She enlists the help of passengers, she boils paranoia up in the cabin, and she more than a little irks the captain, played by none other than my boy, Sean Bean. How come there's only one coffin down there? Huh? If my daughter had died with my husband, I'd be flying two coffins home, wouldn't I? Wouldn't I? You know what? I don't know. I don't care. You just scared the out of 400 passengers, people who didn't plan on spending the night in Newfoundland. My daughter's alive. You know she's alive. You know she's on this plane. Why didn't anybody see her? So yeah, it's 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 a thriller in the sky, and it's Jodie Foster. I mean, of course it works. It's gonna work, isn't it? I mean, to be honest, surely that kid couldn't have gone very far. It's only <laughs> what's the biggest seated amount of seated jet that you could fly on? I mean, those A380s. I mean, it'll take a while, but she's got to be there somewhere. Just oh, check every suitcase. Of course, it's, yeah, it's this the nine-story commercial passenger jet. You know, it's one of them. Ops, you know. <laughs> no, I really like the premise of this because actually, for an early mid-early 2000s kind of film, you still got that kind of fall over of the 90s greatness and how to do a thriller really well for a more commercial audience. So I think this is something that will feel nostalgic, but also more current at the same time. So it's a good, good balance there. Um, that's brilliant. So that's on five star at 11 p.m. That's one to get your heart racing before you actually try and go to sleep. Who needs coffee? Um, on Wednesday, um, I have... I love that this is on the Sony Movies Classic channel because this oh, is yeah. an absolute classic. And it's on at 10.55pm on Wednesday. It is Austin Powers' International Man of Mystery. This is one from the vaults. This is one that I think we need to just drag out again and watch and watch and watch. It will put a smile oh, God, on your yes. lockdown face, won't it? <laughs> It is, and it's so weird. We kind of, I feel like we've all kind of forgotten the concept of Austin Powers. Like, Austin Powers has become so iconic as a character that I think we've all forgotten the actual plot, which was, you know, a spy frozen in the 60s, revived in the 90s to catch his newly returned arch nemesis, who's also returned. It's basically the plot of Demolition Man, done as a sort of Michael Caine early 60s spy parody when you sit and think about it. But of course, it leads to my favourite scenes in the whole Austin Powers franchise, which are the process by which Austin Powers is woken up. You've been cryogenically frozen for 30 years. Who are these people? The shouting is a temporary side effect of the unfreezing process. Yes, I'm having difficulty controlling the volume of my voice! This is Commander Gilmore, US Strategic Command, and General Borshevsky, Russian intelligence. Russian intelligence? Are you mad? A lot's happened since you were frozen. The Cold War's over. Well, finally those capitalist pigs will pay for their crimes, eh? Hey, comrades, hey! Austin, we won. Oh, groovy, smashing. Yay, capitalism! 
Hello. Hello. And I love that communism gag. Absolutely love yeah. that. I also love the fact <laughs> when he tries to relieve himself and it just takes forever. <laughs> yeah, it takes about 15 minutes, yeah. This was this was Mike Myers on peak form. This is this is top top shelf Mike Myers. Absolutely, and I think if you are looking for two decades in which to have lived in at the high, uh, like your pro most prominent sort of age range, it's got to be the 60s and the 90s. I mean, they're both as bonkers as each other. So he fits in so well with that. And um, Liz Hurley, great performance from her in this. Oh, I really God, enjoyed Liz this. Hurley. Was it, uh, this, this, was the, this was the movie with the femboss, wasn't it? It was Austin yeah, Powers was, that had the femboss. Yeah. I don't think that this movie ages in any way. And actually, you know, when it when it made their sequel as well, oh, that worked so well as well. So, you know, this, this if you haven't introduced, I was going to say the kids to it, but a younger generation <laughs> to no, this. Don't introduce the kids. Don't to introduce the kids. You do. No, but but the younger generation that might not have seen it definitely see if they've got the same sense of humour as we all did back in the nineties. So that's on uh, Sony Movies Classic 10.55 on Wednesday night, which of course then takes us through to Thursday. Now, I want to stress, this had to be chosen only because the remake of this movie, the truly terrible, terrible remake, is on TV a lot. And the original, <laughs> which is light years better, never is. So, of course, Thursday night, ITV4, 9pm. It's one of my favourite movies of all time. It is Paul Verhoeven's 1987 Robocop. What are your prime directives? Serve the public trust, protect the innocent, uphold the law. It's good. It's very good. Huh? Huh? <laughs> I love that guy. I love this guy too. And that, by the way, the guy who creates him is uh, Miguel Ferrer. You'll know the actor. He is George Clooney's cousin, would you Oh, think? wow. That's interesting. I, I, I have to say, I really enjoyed the original of this. I thought, you know, it's one of those things that, again, I remember sitting and watching it with my dad and having a really good time. <laughs> you know, this is the thing. It's like, this is your education, daughter. <laughs> this is what you need to be watching. That is some father-daughter bonding time right there. <laughs> yeah. Come on, I'm going, to show you, I'm going to show you this subversive take on fascism from Dutch director Paul Vogue. Well, it was that and Universal Soldier. <laughs> oh! Your dad did it the right way, you see. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so let's, let's go to uh, Friday, then. Speaking of doing it the right way, this is, this is how you end a week. This was, I think I gave this my second favourite film of 2011. <laughs> and this is on Five Star, 11.15, on Friday night. It is a Jason Statham cop thriller. In which Jason ah, Statham, yes. wearing a series of elaborate cardigans, I mean really, no man has ever looked this good in a cardigan, tries to take out a serial killer played by Aidan Gillen from Game of Thrones. He set fire to a police dog. You tuned it. Somebody asked him why he did it. He said, practice. Well, that's it. Seriously, he's a nutter. If we pulled in every who said that, we'd be able to arrest his suspects. What's his name? Well, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. But I'm meeting a guy later who's going to get it from me. Don't bother. I'll go to the gym. I'll the manager. Did you see, I... Don't I get something? I left you the rest of my crisps, you greedy bugger. What more do you want? 
It's Statham in Blitz. It's a belter. you got to see this, back. I think I've either seen the trailer for this or I've actually seen it. I can't remember. But I'm excited to see it again and find out which one it was. <laughs> oh, God. I tell you, the best part of it as well is uh, he has like a cop sidekick. Statham has a cop sidekick played by Paddy Considine. And the whole thing is that the, their police unit is innately homophobic. Statham doesn't care. But between the two of them, he sort of just makes the odd aside, satirical kind of attempt at homophobia comment and the problem is that Statham can't convincingly pull it off so it just becomes kind of charming and funny in a very strange way. Considine though absolutely terrific in this movie. I can't recommend it highly enough. It's sick, it's violent, it's twisted it's weirdly hilarious it's Blitz, you gotta see it. Oh brilliant well that's definitely one to round off the week then so you've got your seven day guide there from everything from saturday all the way through to the following friday i mean what's not to love this is lockdown at its finest here so do not worry you've got something every night of the week to keep you entertained my big pick is going to be austin powers international man of mystery on wednesday sony movies classic at 10 55 p.m but there's so many more other good choices there so make sure you stay tuned we're going to come up right now with your dvds and blu-rays and streaming okay and we're back again here with your biggest blu-ray dvd and streaming releases and a big release and a big award contender that we're going to kick off with is the taika watiti uh, movie jojo rabbit which i know you loved, didn't you? No, I didn't love. I thought oh. it was very good. I had issues with it. I Because there's a scene in it, for instance, with Stephen Merchant and a bunch of Nazis where they're sort of Heil Hitlering and they're, they're talking about the sort of impracticality of it. They, they, they riff on how impractical it is that everyone in the room has to do it. And that's the level of comedy I expected from Taika Waititi does Nazis. And what you get instead, I thought, was a bit too dramatic. I thought it wasn't quite as broadly funny as it needed to be and not as I would have expected from Taika Waititi. But I do think it's a very good movie and he did deserve his writing award for it yeah absolutely and like you know it's so exciting to see that he's going to be um he's going to be behind the helm for the new star wars movies as well so there's big news there was this best adapted screenplay that this one did it come from a novel and he's adapted it or is it best original screenplay i can't remember off i think you're right in terms of it being an adapted screenplay i think it was it's adapted parasite one original didn't it Yes, it did. Yeah. So uh, interesting term from from Taika Waititi. I I have to say, I I struggled to get into this one. But when I got into the flow of it, I actually did really enjoy it. Um, Some of his other work is like absolutely kind of from the get go. I'm completely on board. I know you and I are both massive fans (laughs) of what we do in the shadows. Um, Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't compete opening a coffin sequence <laughs> in the same sort of way. Yeah. But um, great cast in this. I like Scarlett Johansson in it. I thought she did a really, really good job. I think it was funny. I think it's always difficult when you're kind of parodying a Hitler-based story of getting that yes. right. Especially having, you know, your director and writer then also star as Maori Hitler. It's the weirdest idea. Yeah, and also him being like this... Um, figment of the young boy's imagination in a way as well so it's um yeah well because that's the thing i think i wanted something like drop dead fred with hitler yeah. and when, when you start being like hitler's an imaginary friend, i'm like okay so we're doing drop dead fred like no no we're actually doing you know little boy befriends a jewish girl like okay so we're doing the boy in the stripe like, well no actually what we're doing is the inconvenience of living in nazi germany like, okay so we're doing and, and that's the problem it keeps becoming that okay kind of a, a conversation over and over um having said that the bits that it does of each of those concepts are really well done i just for me personally i would rather there had been another taika watiti pass through that script and just punched up the comedy of it the film is great 
comedy I just think isn't quite there. Yeah, no, I tend to agree with that. But nevertheless, still a good watch. Still something that will keep you entertained. Very much, yeah. Visually very beautiful as well. Um, just maybe a little bit too out there on certain elements, but not enough on others, if that makes sense. Not enough of walking the clones, as Robert Williams yeah. says at one point. You can walk the clones. I want more of that. That's what I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. So that is Jojo Rabbit. That's going to be available from Monday on DVD and Blu-ray. If you are kind of still working your way through that award season list, then you know, you're in the perfect sort of scenario to do that right now. And this should be up there as one of them that you definitely want to catch. Now, moving on to streaming, uh, talk us through The Wrong Missy on Netflix as of Wednesday, because I have no idea. <laughs> Okay, so we got we got sort of slim pickings on streaming this week. Uh, this is the this is a new movie on Netflix from available from Wednesday the thirteenth. This stars uh, David Spade. Remember David Spade? Yes, I do. From um, oh goodness, what is that sci-fi thing with the big circular thing? A star? Oh goodness me! Circular? Oh. The big circular. Are you think of Stargate? Thing. Yes, Stargate. Yeah. No, no, no. You're thinking of James Spader. I'm definitely thinking very, of James very, Spader. Yeah, okay, fine. Very different, man. Far, far <laughs> fewer people would sleep with David Spade, for the love of God. <laughs> okay, fine, fine. It's still sort of like, it's got the word Spade in it, hasn't it? <laughs> well, you know what? I'm just, I'm not even mocking you. I'm just happy you brought up Stargate in a conversation. That just I makes do, my I, day when that happens. Do you know what? Again, back in the day, one of those films that I sat down with my dad and loved to watch. <laughs> Oh. it's been a while <laughs> I, f I feel like I had a twisted childhood my dad made me watch things like Other People's Money and Wall Street so I don't know if that says anything about the man but anyway, besides the point so uh, David Spade, formerly of Tommy Boy um, he's eight, he's the, the cousin in Eight Simple Rules he starred in Rules of Engagement with Patrick Warburton he's just David oh, Spade <clears throat> yeah, very different yeah. to James Spader I get you. yeah <laughs> Dick, Dickie Roberts, former child star, that David Spade. Um, yeah. Here he plays a man who goes on a corporate retreat, having met, he's going on a corporate retreat to Hawaii, he's met a girl that he's nuts about, uh, named Missy. He's been texting her and he says, hey, second date, you want to come to Hawaii? And he sends it to Missy, only to then discover that he's actually been texting the wrong Missy, and the Missy he's actually been texting is someone he met on a disastrous blind date recently, and now he's stuck with her on a Hawaiian vacay. I've got this girl meeting me here, and she's amazing. <laughs> Missy, what are you doing here? That text from you was wonderful. I screwed up so huge. Remember that crazy blind date I had? Nothing you could ever do would disappoint me. I love you. This whole time I thought I was texting my dream girl. I was texting that crazy girl. To the best weekend ever. <laughs> so it's that kind of comedy. You know, it looks like a Mike I and Dave need wedding mates kind of a comedy. You know what? You'll get a couple of laughs from the trailer. It's It's got that Adam Sandler-ish tone to it, because I think it is a Happy Madison production, you know, as part of his deal with that. It sounds like it's an easy watch, actually. It's one of those ones mm. that's a bit trashy, you know, just something to fill the time. You'll enjoy it whilst you're watching it, but you can forget it pretty much easily as well, as much as, you know, you've enjoyed it at the same time. So, hey, that sounds quite fun. So The Wrong Missy, that's on Netflix from Wednesday. So Wednesday nice 13th. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, one, one from the vaults, meanwhile. This is this is not a new one by any stretch of the imagination. The only reason I've picked this is because it's been launched on the service. And uh, it comes... We had, I don't remember, about six or seven months ago, we got the first trailer for the BBC's re gritty reboot series of Alex Ryder, based on the Anthony Horowitz novels. I don't think I've ever seen these. I don't think I've, I've ever... 
it, it's been one of those ones where I've kind of looked at it and I've been like, I should sit, probably sit down and watch that, but it's not really taken my fancy. But is it worth a watch, the the original Alex This was the one film attempt they took. This starred a then-unknown young Alex Pettifer as the title character, supporting cast that includes the likes of Alicia Silverstone, Stephen Fry and Hugh McGregor. And basically it's it's James Bond with a sort of teenager. Uh, I'll tell you what, I've, I've got the best clip I could find for you. Uh, which is, uh, you know, the, the Q scene. You know in every Bond film you get the Q scene where he gets his gadgets? Yeah. Here's, here's Stephen Fry working in a secret level of Hamleys, outfitting Alex Ryder with a gadgified Nintendo DS. A Nintendo DS game system, but it's been specially modified. And what it does depends on the cartridges you insert. Put in this one here, and it's a PDA, scanner and transmitter. It's how you keep in touch with us, assuming you can be bothered. This one here turns it into a... Bug finder and sonic intensifier means you can hear conversations through solid walls for up to 250 yards. This one turns the whole device into a smoke bomb. There's a five-second delay. That's pretty cool. And what about Mario Kart? Mario Kart is a game. We thought you might like it for the flight. That's how long ago this was. It was a Nintendo DS. Wow. Do you know what I was going to say was that Alex Pettifer was dining out on this movie for far too many years. Um... Oh, God, yes. <laughs> Yeah, because he didn't actually do that much more beyond this. I think there was a whole kind of thing with Alex Pettifer where he was sort of tipped to maybe be that next big Hollywood heartthrob star, but it didn't He's quite He's legendarily out. difficult to work with. Uh, there, there are behavioural, there are well-documented behavioural issues with uh, Alex Pettifer, specifically springing up around the time of Magic Mike. Uh, there's a re- oh. wait, There is a reason he's not in the sequel, to put it that way. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. And not probably not wholly unsurprising. Probably not. Probably not. Um, but yeah, so Alex Ryder Stormbreaker, I think it's worth checking out. It's got a couple of decent uh, decent set pieces. Um, it's nice to see Elise Silverstone cracking a few jokes and kicking some ass, because I love me some Elise Silverstone. And uh, cool. Stephen Fry. <laughs> yeah. Stephen Fry, when's, when's, it, when's it not good to see Stephen Fry? Well, especially I mean, when he's uh, working in Hanley's. I mean, gosh, that is something that you don't expect oh, to God. see from Stephen Fry. <laughs> I love I love that top floor of Hamleys so much. I miss it. I miss the top floor of Hamleys, damn it. It really is a wonderland, isn't it? And if you find yeah, Stephen really Fry there, you found the jackpot. <laughs> so yeah, so that's our streaming offerings uh, for the week. I mean, I think that's a pretty good spread. Do you know what? I think across the board, whether or not you're checking out video on demand, you're looking at what's available on Freeview, or if you're just looking to stream something, you've got a good selection this week. There's actually something for everyone there. There's some action. There's a Pixar movie in there. There's something for the girls and little women as well. We've got some nostalgic stuff with Bad Boys for Life. And you've got, you know, one of those award contenders with Jojo Rabbit as well. It's a strong, strong week for movies. No, it absolutely is. So, I mean, well, that seems like a perfect time to buy on, and we can start plotting uh, another week of great movies for uh, for next week if you'll if you'll join this perfect well of course i would love nothing more mr connor <laughs> so let's let's see what we got coming up for you next week but for now i've been Bex perfect i've been Bex connor and this has been off screen your seven day guide to everything movies join us again next week when we bring you so much more 